side of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 287. Andrew with you once again. I'm joined by Ben, also known as Arcane. Hey, hey. Getting ever so close to that 300 mark. Inching closer, inching closer. Just a uh, 14, 13 weeks to go, I suppose. Do we get to say this is Sparta? we <laughs> reach that mark? See, we'll have to see if we can do something special for the uh, for the 300. Uh, looking, uh, looking back at what we did. What did we do for the 200 again? Ah, oh, um, I'm trying I, to remember. I'm trying to remember what we did. Uh, I, I know. Did did some of us have a drink? No, that was the twenty. That was the twenty first episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Because yeah, the legal agent. That's right. That, that's right. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I know we got Tim on for the hundredth. We had the yep. couple of interviews, and we had uh, uh, had John on, had Jasmine on, and left us was with us. I don't think we ended up doing anything for the two hundred. No, I, I think we can't. Kind of tame. I don't think we were able to uh, line anything up, but oh, well, we'll have to see what we can do this time around. It's uh, it is inching closer, as you say. Yeah, uh, the year the year is going by quickly, as it seems to do at this age. And uh, already in the this... NBA, already in the NBA finals, of course. So the as we're recording this, the uh, the Raptors are up one game to nil. So that's the the first time, Ben, that the uh, a Steve Kerr Warriors team has been down 0-1 in the finals. So if if nothing else, we've seen something different this year. <laughs> They blew in a zero-zero lead. <laughs> not a lot of teams seem to do that from <laughs> kind of the way it goes mathematically. But yeah, that was, that was certainly a, an interesting game to watch, watching the, the Raptors put up a great fight. So I'm hoping that it will be a, a great series moving forward. Game two uh, tomorrow from when we're recording this, of course. And probably by the time people are listening to this, they'll already know whether it's 2-0 or 1-1 as it heads to, uh, to Oakland. Uh, final series in Oakland, of course, as they're going back to San Francisco. Yeah, oh, that'll be it'll be tough there. Like, uh, I think if the Raptors don't uh, win Game Two, I think it, I think they'll definitely make their chances a lot harder. I, I do think they're going to have to go up two nil to uh, to really have a chance. But I, yeah. I guess you never know with the way they are. But they they're playing the Warriors as well as pretty much any team has in years, and certainly these playoffs as well. So. Yeah. Uh, we will see what kind of uh, contest that is moving forward. Again, hopefully a, a great uh, series on the real hardwood. Uh, we mostly talk about the virtual hardwood around these parts, of course, uh, that being uh, basketball, video gaming. And, uh, and this week, Ben, we're actually going to be talking about renovating the virtual hardwood, which is basically <laughs> a fancy way of saying modding or patching, as we used to call it way back in the day. It's uh, strange how it used to be called patching and now it's modding. I mean, modding is kind of the wider term that everybody uses for yeah. tinkering with games. We used, we used patching back in the day and talking about making patches rather than mods. I mean, it was always there. There's like people calling it mods because from other communities would call them mods, but it's strange how the nomenclature in our community has, has changed over the years from patching to modding, and even I'm moving more towards saying modding than patching, I guess because it just meets matches up with everybody else, I suppose. That's true, and I guess too, like, I guess now we associate patches more with what the developers release for the game post-release post and that, so... That's, that's yeah. true, official patches rather than uh, community patches, yeah. although we still say official patches even though really the only patches are official, everything else is mods, <laughs> so it's, it is kind of strange how we've done that, but nevertheless, whatever you want to call it, modding, matching, uh, tinkering with basketball games, renovating the virtual hardwood, it's something that's been a big part of our community for basically since the site started uh, 23 years ago. Back in uh, 96, the NLSC was founded by Tim Lutz and Brian, our 
uh, fantastic founders who made all those early modding or indeed patching tools for the uh, NBA Live PC. And I guess that's why our community has been so PC-oriented over the years. I mean, a lot of us have played on consoles more, and certainly for the online stuff that I'm playing on consoles because you just can't get online 2K on PC. Yeah. Well, you can get online in 2K, but the uh, certainly now, especially that they've gone to the regional servers, it's very hard to get an online game in the Australasian servers and in PC. It's why PS4 is basically better for for that for for online and uh, uh, single player for um is uh, is good PC obviously still and, and modding naturally that's the other advantage of modding. Uh, what well, yeah, but it's why the PCs remain so popular in our corner of the basketball gaming community because of all the wonderful things that our community has done with mods over the years. Yeah, I mean. We can look at, you know, some of the things that 2K and even what Live, I guess, has started to implement Mm -hmm. in the console versions, you know, with, you know, shoe creation, court, jersey team stuff. So, you know, it kind of takes a little bit of what we can do and brings that to to, uh, the console market, but still kind of restrictive in terms of a lot of things. And... Although I suppose we saw like with the t-shirt creator thing last year with for ticket eighteen that you know some people did abuse it. Yeah, made it political, made it uh, raunchy, basically made it yeah. anything that's sort creepy, of yeah. stuff that really doesn't need to be in the games. You know, it's just uh, yeah, it really has really has no place. It's just uh, you know messing around for everybody else, but it is what it is, I suppose. Whenever you've got something like that with. Uh, shareable assets through the games there's going to be some kind of uh, regulation or you hope there'll be regulation because it's not necessarily a bad thing with the way some people uh, treat those things you know again doing inappropriate things inappropriate t-shirts as we said Uh, but but modding is something that we can get around that quite easily and we we do things with modding that uh, the the games can't do obviously by putting players in the game who haven't been licensed which modding has already always kind of been skirting the the limits of what's really legal as long as we don't charge money for it it's usually okay which is again is why we don't uh, allow money to be uh, to change hands in our community for for mods we don't allow people to charge and also because we've always been about giving away that content and creating it for the art and creating it for our fellow gamers that's kind of always been the philosophy it always was from the start of our community of course it was much harder to charge money back then (laughs) to you know you didn't really didn't have paypal or anything at the time so it was harder but i think that's what's made our community so productive over the years and we do have some problems with ad links and we'll probably get into that a little bit later in the show but the fact that we are so committed to making uh tools that are readily available of course red mc and redditor 2 are now free for um nba 2k so which is uh, great that Vlad uh, did that after you know after these years and after he moved on to 2k itself um visual concepts yeah it's about giving away that content and making it for the art and making it for each other it's. I think we've avoided some of the traps of other more toxic body communities that I've heard about, where they do, where you do have to charge money, or you do, you know, you do have to pay money. I should say that there is the charging, and then there's all kinds of disputes over whether you're getting what you pay for and that kind of thing. There's so much of a headache that I'm just so glad that we have avoided for the most part. Oh yeah, you know it. Yeah, and there's that. Whole, I guess the whole legal issue kind of stuff yeah, and, in terms thing. of things. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think. You know, I think we've done some really cool things and, and, you know, just the amount of time and and work that people over the years, you know, past and current generations have put into it. So, yeah, it's 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 good to see it still going and, you know, still thriving and, and all that stuff. It's, it's something that I still dabble with every so often doing a new release of some kind. I'm working on a few things for, for 2K for the first time as well, like the 2K11 roster, which is still in the works and... Looking to do some other fun stuff there as well, and 
hopefully collaborate with a few people to to get that out and get a few things out so i'm looking forward to that i, st- I still feel the urge um, i mean I, I even to this day i still have ideas ben for mods that i'd love to do it's just a matter of finding time and being able to to do it but yeah you know, the, the, the ideas are still there and even have a list of them on the um, you know got a document with a list of ideas but um yeah i don't know if i'll ever be able to do all the projects i ever want to do because it's just uh you know i'm still fairly young 34 but and i'm you know, not, not married, not have kids, you know, so it's, it's basically just social life and work that I have to balance. So, so I, mean, <laughs> I, I have more time than a lot of people, I should say, you know, my age, but at the same time, it's, uh, I think I have modded a lot over the years, and at, at some point, you, you know, do kind of move on and to move on to doing the other content like I am, you know, podcasting and uh, and writing the articles and whatnot, but... That's true. Uh, but, but the law is there, because it's, I think, you know, you, and you'll agree, that it's something very satisfying about the creative process of modding. Oh, yeah, I... I... You know, it's a good way to sort of challenge yourself and in, you know, seeing how, you know, depending on the type of work, say, like, if you're doing a face creation or or a jersey or something like that, you know, especially if it's a rare jersey, you know, trying to get those accuracies, trying to find the files that you need, like, you know, some logos, especially back in our day, you know, very low resolution, hard <laughs> to find. Yeah, Google Images is not what it was today. Yeah, although, you know trying to do some of those now you know some of those logos might be missing and because they might be actually too low resolution now <laughs> so yeah it's there's yeah there'll be a few challenges regarding that kind of stuff today i guess but but yeah it, it was yeah it was definitely satisfying and you know, i know i got in a binge along periods where i was just like 10 to 18 hours a day just creating something and all that stuff and that probably wasn't healthy in a lot of ways because I, I admit I, I'd focused on patching more than I did actually either looking for work or actually working, so which wasn't wasn't good. No, and certainly it's it's about uh, everything in moderation, huh? Moderation, you get it? But uh, <laughs> I mean, there are certainly people who mod more than they game. You know, they, they, they tinker yeah. with games more than they play them because that in itself is it's almost kind of a game or you know a fun creative exercise to to be creating that work for other people. And I'm yeah. certainly not judging because I know the last couple of years of NBA Live on PC, and hey, this is why we want to see Live come back to PC at some point in the future, and we fingers crossed it can happen at some point that all the stuff we used to do and I, I know the last couple of games 07 and 08 i didn't like as much love 06 07 and 08 <laughs> do not um but I, I spent more time making roster updates for those games than i did playing them because other people were playing them and i had the satisfaction of making the rosters i was just playing 06 and <laughs> updating 07 and 08 basically <laughs> and, and then for the last few years i was doing 2005 to 08 because i found a way to convert the rosters and and to that point it's always satisfying when you can take assets out of one game and put it into another. You know, yep. if you can take an art file, and we can still do it. There's still people, still modders in our community doing that with the current 2K games and the last-gen 2K games as well. And, and you see other people in other communities do it. Uh, once again, referring to Fallout, because I can't not refer to Fallout, but um, <laughs> the I saw a mod a while back. I saw a YouTube video about it. Uh, somebody had recreated the boss from Fallout 2, Frank Horrigan, and put him basically with the the Gek, the yeah. modder for uh, the current gen uh, Fallout games. You can create quests as well, so you can basically create your own story quests and such. Okay, so somebody That's cool. had, yeah, and, and somebody had created a, a quest where you go to a, a bunker and he's down there hidden in the bunker, and you fight him again. And they'd actually taken his lines out of Fallout Two, his audio lines, and so when you talk to him, it, it's you know he's saying it, and they've put it arranged in a way that again it makes sense with the conversation and everything. 
Yeah. So, so the idea of being able to take stuff out of old games and other games and and put them together and make something new, uh, it goes and you can see what creative things we've, we've done with it. It's not just about missing players and roster updates or or retro rosters. You can do some really wild and wacky things with with mods, and I think we've a lot of creative stuff. Uh, a few years ago, I'm, oh, who who did it? Um, the Space Jam mods, for example. Yeah, yeah. And and that kind of stuff, and people have just gone with with the model editing, the things that they've done, putting all those kinds of you know, wacky characters and fictional characters in uh, in the games, not just creating players. So it's 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 all stuff we've done is it really runs the gamut, and and in some cases we've even tried to enhance the game and fix bugs. Yeah, you know, there, I remember there was some like animation fixes, I think, as well mm-hmm. that. Has happened in the in previous games, uh, yeah, and you know, creating like All Star Weekend mod stuff, Street mod stuff, uh, Euro League and uh, NBL mods and mm-hmm. things like that. So we did a lot of varied things, and you know, the the bonus is that it gave that game, it gave the games like extra legs in terms of playing time you know you wouldn't get bored say maybe like april may kind of thing you'd actually continue playing it throughout the rest of the year until the next one came out because uh you know there was all this i guess new content created for it pretty much yeah you know that that gave it that fresh feel or something you know that's that's feel something different and and new and all that stuff so yeah it was it was exciting in terms of that and yeah, and again, this is one thing that I stressed over when I was in Orlando is, you know, describing some of the mods and, you know, this this help with, with you know, like I said, you know, giving the game the extra legs and that. And, you know, they, they seem to have, have listened into that and there were some interesting things and, you know... Fingers and then crossed. Ma- yeah, I mean, we heard Connor Dugan last year saying, you know... You'd like to see it come back to PC, you know. You'd like to see the the mods that we could be do, that could be done in that. So that was cool to he- actually hear him say that publicly and all that when he was interviewed. Oh yeah, I, I never thought we'd actually hear a mod because I mean, because of the legality of mods and the grey area there, I suppose you, you never know how much they can really support modding. I mean, yeah. uh, EA back in the day did they gave us the uh, well, I mean, they gave us not not so much the tools for it, but they did give us the uh, guides to how to use the custom art and of course implementing the custom art system in the first place was yep. was big for us and, and tim actually wrote the custom art guide and, and for us so he was working for ea <laughs> at the time and did that so they were doing that kind of stuff and you know there was always that internal support and uh, quiet support but i mean it couldn't really come out and promote mods as such um, yeah but but this this was also a good thing that ea did back in the day because it was not just like NBA Live, but even games like Command and Conquer. You know, there was mod support for that. Absolutely. So you know that again just helped. You know, people were creating, you know, different vehicles or again sort of similar type things for different factions. Need to speed and, did it as well, I think. Yeah. So the, you know, there was there was some great stuff, and uh, I think the first game I did was um, Delta Force uh, Black Hawk Down, and uh, and it was just you know, modifying some skins and I think did some map editing there and, and that for some multiplayer stuff, like just local land stuff or a group that I was playing with and that so that was how I got my dipped my toes into it and then yeah, it started after that was with NBA Live. So that was that was my 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 first foray into modding, and I use the term very loosely, was with NBA Jam Tournament Edition PC 
when I wanted to put Michael Jordan in the game, so I went to the game files and saw a file called Harper for Ron Harper, so I just changed it to Jordan to see what would happen. <laughs> um, didn't change anything in the game, oddly enough. Uh, even Otter didn't actually crash the game, which it really should have. Oh. So <laughs> I've never been able to find a way, because a lot of people have modified the ROM on the like a Super Nintendo version of uh, Jam and Jam Tournament Edition. Yeah. I've never been able to, no one's been able to figure out how to edit the PC version. And oh, if it ever happens, I'm making a mod. <laughs> I'm doing it. I don't care. Five people download it. You know, it's, it's like my, uh, the things I did for NBA Live 95 and uh, 96 for the, uh, for our 20th anniversary edition. And just a, as, a, as a side note here, uh, we are doing a 25th anniversary celebration this year. Going to do it right this time. Going to have all the content ready to go. So look for that a little bit later this year. Bit of a tease right there. Because uh, I'm sick of going into overtime and the 20th anniversary, Ben, stuff. So yep. now, now that we're out at the 25th, I'm, we might as well just do that. So I'll be rerunning some content from the 20th, and you'll have all new content for the 25th. Stay tuned for that a bit later in the year. Uh, yes, but I absolutely would love to do jam stuff as well if I can ever figure it out. don't think I can. I uh, haven't had any luck so far, sadly. But, uh, yeah, I, I found the NLSC shortly after the... Uh, and I, that's, that's found, not founded, because I'm not one of the founders. I took over in 2001. Um, I, I discovered it, I should say, through not Google Ben, but Alta Vista. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's now that's old school. That's uh, ninety seven. Throwback right there. Nineteen ninety seven dial up. Our family got the uh, got on, online finally, and after I found that and was searching for things, found the NLSC, and yes, just found all these things, uh, all these tools that I could edit the game with, and was just uh, amazed because I, I would update the rosters myself and create missing players. My cousin and I would do that in the school holidays and. But you couldn't remove old players, you couldn't override them or delete them, and you couldn't give Michael Jordan his draft information, he was just a generic created player. I mean, you could make it look like him and give him the ratings, but you couldn't say, oh, he's drafted by the Bulls and this is his date of birth and everything, so we'd always stand out as very created, you know, yeah. not original. And then suddenly found out I could do this, oh, I was just amazed, I was hooked immediately. Uh, got into it, made the NBA Live domain, of course, and then was involved in the community and then took over the NLSC and continued my writing as, uh, as I have for running it for 18 years now of course and yes yeah, so i guess 21 years in the community now ben that's how long well actually that's no 22 crazy. 22 years in the community that's yeah as you say that's crazy uh, <laughs> since i was 13 uh yeah so it's that's pretty much how i got into it and just seeing all these roster updates that other people have made and it, it's just mind-blowing when you discover that and i think a lot of people have said that in the forum over the years just you know wow this is incredible what you guys are doing and you know wanting to take part or certainly at least download other people's mods uh, just to enhance the game and, and it's it really is cool when you find out and not just basketball gaming of course but other modifications for other games and i found a, a track editor for the original need for speed and such. Oh, so, nice. so just finding out all the things you could do and and hacking the game and modding the game uh and and it's and just, it's been cool to be a part of that ourselves oh yeah part yeah, of that legacy know. yeah you know you you left. You feel like you left a footprint in terms of you know the history of the community aspect, and yeah, giving yours is twenty two, twenty three years now. It's it's that's insane. Uh, let's see. I I joined late two thousand and two because um, a friend of my oh, I asked a friend because you know I was, I was playing the game and I was like. I think I was playing Live 03 at the time, so yeah, it would have just been after Live 03 came out on PC and that, because obviously it didn't come out on PC for 2002. Uh, it was like, yeah, just asking him, you know, there's got to be a place where, you, or you got to be some way you can add new shoes or jerseys and stuff to the game. And my mate Ken, he told me, and 
and he gave me this link to the LSC and that, and I signed up, uh, made made a few requests, um, being new to the site, and my request didn't go well. So yeah, as I've stated, you know, I created another account Well, I like to think of this as a friendly community, but sometimes it's it's like anything. There's there's a bit of that. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word really, but but, but that. Um, Sometimes it's a bit hard to break into. As, as much as we try to be inclusive and welcoming, I think sometimes... Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, even when I started the new account, there was a few people I didn't get along with, but that was neither here nor there. One, I kind of pissed off intentionally, but that's, that's <laughs> all. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he, he didn't like it when I didn't give him credit for using his jersey texture. Oh, was, okay, uh, yes. That was uh, Joe or whatever his name was. Oh, oh yeah, Joe, yeah. Joe, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he... Another no, Aussie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was. I I kind of did that deliberately just to piss him off. <laughs> and, uh, yes, uh, giving giving credit has been very big in our community over the years. So, so yeah. that's one way to to not uh, be very popular. Yeah, definitely don't recommend doing it nowadays. But um, yeah, I, I guess you know at the time when you sort of knew the ropes and trying to find your way and footing in this in in the scenario and. and being new to like internet forums and stuff because I met this is probably like that was I think this is like one of the first internet forum things that I actually joined in that so it's kind yeah. of the wild west back then as well I think the oh, yeah. on- online communities yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah when I you know finally got my foot in the door with the stuff and you know started doing learning and, and putting my photoshop skills to work and all that stuff since I was just Learning the, uh, learning the stuff from uh, just learnt, or spent three years at TAFE and doing some other stuff, and which is basically yeah, TAFE is like community college for those unfamiliar with the term and that. Uh, yeah, it's probably the best te- way to describe te- or technical college or yeah, one yeah. of the two. Yeah, and you know, uh, particularly sort of two thousand and four, I had you know I was I was down and out with like a backup and recovering from that so you know I was pretty much laid out for about a year so this sort of kept me sane and doing something fun and you know when I went on those big benders of just spending like hours designing and and that instead of you know potentially started looking for work and all that stuff but and yeah uh, dark side of modding basically yeah yeah <laughs> when you're like 18 hour benders of, of modding it's not good and, but it's funny because a lot of people look at gaming addiction and it's playing the games for that long, but also to think that it can also be uh, modding the games can, can also be an addiction yeah. <laughs> as well and uh, a distraction. But but at the same time, I think that probably taught you some skills as, as well. I mean, I think there's always oh, yeah. uh, positives you can take from it. Do, do you remember what your first patch was? Or first mod, or one? mod, for that matter? <laughs> first one, it would have been when I did the Dragonware. I think it was Dragonware or something like that. That was the one of the initial first names I have for my clothing brand it, mm-hmm. it's gone through a few well that's probably technically the second very or second or third variation of the name that I had from because I was kind of doing that kind of stuff or drawing that kind of stuff back in like primary school and high school and, uh, yeah I think it's it was like, still your PlayStation eh? yeah well uh, yeah I had my PlayStation 1 back then so yeah no I'm saying it's, you, you still got Dragon oh. as your PSN uh, oh uh, yeah yeah well, yeah and it, it lingered on probably a bit too long than it needed to at that stage. I admit, like, I didn't know what else to think of. And that was just when I was starting to go to the idea of the name Arcane. Right. But I hadn't 
hadn't completely settled on it yet. So, but but yeah, Dragon Fourth Q is referenced to fourthquarter.net, which was the site that Mickey and I worked on together after I'd finished up working on the little Dragon wear stuff and all that for that was my first site uh that was my first dip in web design too um and, and you know that's yeah. back then there was a lot of different sites i mean obviously we've been around for a little while there was yeah. a dot org nba live.org was uh doing their thing as well and uh i mean nba live world was a thing at one point um i'd, I'd already closed the nba live domain i'd merged that into the nlsc of course we were still going by nba live series center at the time officially and by length uh full name uh, there was Big Green's thing. There was Andreas. Oh, yeah, Johans did join the NLSC. He was part of the NLSC yeah. team. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, a lot of us had the different sites, like separate sites hosting our stuff. Or, or then a lot, a lot of different sites were doing the modding. There was, it was a very wide community of doing it, covering yeah. and modding the games. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, I remember fourth quarter, of course, and, and, and Mickey and, and whatnot. So... I nearly got to catch up with Mickey because he came into he came to Brisbane. I, I remember you saying that, yeah. You said that to Kenny and I. But yeah, just I don't know. He was just I think he was kind of busy at the time, like just trying to do too much in a short period of time. So yeah, just didn't didn't get to happen in the end. But as are eighteen hour modding days, I'll do that to you. It's just yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, he's he's been busy DJing and that. So yeah, that's that's what he's been doing since. Uh, Oh well, I mean that's that's a route into the NBA now, isn't it? According to Two K, yeah. that's, you... <laughs> that's true. He's he's, a, he's the next DJ. So uh, uh, now now we need a Mickey mod for uh, for Michael. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so it would have been jerseys then, or yeah, I, made, I think yeah? I did the jerseys and jewelry stuff, uh, you know, for the street modes and stuff like that. So that was how I got started, and then the Dorners as well. I think those are the three big things, and then I did a couple of pairs of shoes, and I had uh, CK help me out with those for a little while uh, for the few pairs that I did. Um, he did a lot of the sort of blending because I meant that wasn't too much stuff that I had done before, so he he sort of helped with that the polish aspect of it. But yeah, did did about three pairs of shoes, and Zappos dot com was a great site because uh, yeah, it had high res. And it had all the right angles needed for creating a shoe properly and all that stuff, where instead of just being one little image or two, maybe. So, yeah, that was a gold mine. It just, at the time, didn't really have many Nikes. It was more Reebok and Adas and Ones, I think, mm. and, and that. So, uh, but, yeah, that, that was a gold mine at that time. Um, yeah. See, see, my first patch, I'm pretty sure, would have been a roster update for Live 96 BC. Um, because that was the game I was playing at the time, and still one of my all-time favorite games in the uh, in the series. Uh, definitely surpassed by now in quality. I mean, it's it's a game from 1995, so it's uh, you know it, it's, it is obviously dated. But yeah, made a roster for for that current roster, and uh, then made different season rosters. I was doing that for the NBA Live domain. So I started with rosters, and I've done a bit of art and graphics updates later. And and you've mostly done done the graphic stuff over the years, yeah. which is and I've always found I, I mean. Roster updates, I feel, take longer. Uh, graphics updates take more skill because there's a lot of manipulation with the files. I mean, I've, I've made a lot of logo updates, things where I can just basically get a texture, make it, get a, get the uh, transparency done and then just paste it into the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I can do that pretty well. Um, but, but And I've, I've been able to do that with Quartz as well and with, with John's uh, guides, I've been able to recolor lines and things like that. So basically anything where I don't have to do, like faces and shoes where you've really got to 
do that really mapped texture around a, a model yep. Is, yep. is a lot harder. And, and of course, the, the shoe formats, you know, always I looked those, <laughs> looked at those, and I, well, that's really uh, complex. And even some of the basketball textures were a bit uh, beyond what I had. But but even I think back to live two thousand three, I think it was. Uh, if you wanted to do some of the the front end updates like the splash screen, weren't they split up? In oh yeah, like Live Three's was a, a freaking nightmare. It was like thirty four or thirty six pieces. Yeah, and I was like, no. Nah. So I just did the art aspect, and then uh, oh, what was his name? I can't remember the username, but he was the one that also helped me learn how to hack into the EA site, and and so when I stole the 45 megabyte PSD logo and fonts oh, right. and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, I got into the to um to the back end of their side a few times quite oh, okay. easily. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> um, damn, what what? Oh, I can't remember his name now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He, but yeah, he helped me with that aspect, um, with piecing it together. Then yeah, eventually it became better. What well, wasn't Repo? It was, was it? Oh, I remember he was European. That's all I remember. And I remember he again used to piss off some. I think some of the other crew from like Joe and 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 that as well. So yeah, I think that's probably why he got along with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I can't remember who. Oh, it's gonna kill me now. I'll probably remember it next week. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, no, he, he was a good guy from what the few times that I got to speak with him and that. Uh, and, but yeah, and that's really made our community as well, being able to share that knowledge. Because yeah. there have been some people in the community, and this is, I guess, leading into maybe one of our first PSAs for this episode. We have had a few people over the years who have hoarded knowledge. They've wanted to be the ones that have the exclusive rights, I guess, to, to be able to produce certain mods. And, and it really hasn't been good for the community spirit or the productivity of the community, just ho- hoarding that information for themselves and not sharing it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been one of those things where not sharing resources or knowledge has held us back in times. And uh, the PSA, I suppose, at this point is uh, don't do that moving forward. You know, we, we really need to keep sharing that information and make sure we have guides and try to keep them up as up-to-date as possible, which is sometimes easier said than done because people do come and go from the community. Uh, I do think we have a pretty good set of resources these days. Um but yeah, certainly share information if you if you find out something cool because then uh, a lot of people can be making great stuff and yes, you don't have the uh, the fame, I suppose, the internet fame, the internet points of being <laughs> the only one making something. But what's more important, that or being part of a community that's going to make some really cool stuff and collaborating with other people. So that kind of cooperation is, is really important in the modern community because, it, you know, when you get a game, especially the new games that came out back in the day, a lot of the file formats have, cha- have kept fairly steady they they arrived and at a certain point, probably around the early 2000s, they stopped changing up too much each year. And it was a lot better with rosters once they went to DBF files. Because back in the day, uh, Tim Lutz and Brian, they had to decode the XE file and make these editors that were able to change the text strings and everything else. And, you know, it was, it was really kind of complicated, I guess, to actually sometimes distribute mods because you have to edit the XE file directly. Yeah. You have to, have to distribute a patch that would apply itself to the... Which I guess is why we called it patching. You know, we were kind of making an unofficial patch for the game when it comes down to it. Uh, but it, trying to work out that stuff whenever you get a new game 
was mm. uh, that was a big thing. I remember poking through the files and seeing what was left over. That's how, how we found those hidden historical teams in NBA Live 08. Oh, yeah. um, we found those. Uh, there was no art assets for them, sadly, but we could see that 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 they were something that they'd planned, obviously, for the game at some point. That leftover data that was in there, and finding out other things that had been left over, pointers to uh, old audio IDs, so that we could put players back in the game and get faces from previous games and things like that. And and yeah, and like you say, with the 2003 screen, how it was split into 36 parts or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, sometimes it was quite hard. So it was, it was quite nice when the files have been quite user friendly. It's been uh, a lot better for modding when they when they've kind of made it a bit easier for us yeah. by doing that kind of stuff and, and leaving some of those assets in there. It's uh, and again going back to what I was talking about with the Fallout Two example of Fallout New Vegas and taking the stuff from Fallout Two, uh, being able to t- take those assets and uh, and utilize them again and make these this new stuff. It's it's been really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. I remember though, like, um, in regards to, you know, sort of sharing info and stuff like that, I remember us Jersey creators, we were very competitive. You know, we try and find a way to, you know, edge out everyone in, in something for details, you know. Yeah. It'd be like a texture like that, because some of the jerseys are starting to have this sort of shimmer polyester look. Like, if you look at the heat. Uh, yeah. Who, who's got the best mesh holes? Yeah, yeah. Um, even sweat textures and stuff like that, it was that kind of competitive. It was like, how did how did you create that? And even one that was a simple one was uh, the sort of, um, uh, what's the name of the material again? The, the heathered sort of uh, grey T-shirt look and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, where it sort of uh, got the sort of little fine strokes in in terms of you know trying to create that that looked realistic so i mean that was a simple one to create but yeah some people were wondering how it was done or you know for like an undershirt or when the the warm-up shirts were more sort of t-shirt-ish and stuff like that so yeah yeah, if if you're making jerseys for like the 2002 season uh when they uh, which was came after september 11 and they all had the remembrance ribbon on the on the pad you know who, who added details like that yeah you know who who actually had the most detail and again like you say the textures really could set people apart and i know the court makers did it as well it was but i i remember there yeah i remember there being a lot of competition between who had the best jerseys yeah and i remember yeah i think fran conrad myself even mickey a bit ck did some really nice jerseys as well uh but yeah i think we were probably some of the competitive but we were we we kind of did sort of share a little bit but we weren't giving up all the tricks you know we said oh yeah you, you shared it with people you liked and trusted, basically. Which yeah. Is, I mean, I mean, there, there's always been kind of that uh, clickish nature. And that's probably the word I was looking for earlier when I was talking about joining the forum is that it is kind of clickish in, uh, in nature communities and, and certainly within even within pockets of the of the community, people who are already there sharing information with uh, people that you could trust and whatnot because people who wouldn't sell your secrets to the enemy, basically. Yeah. And it was kind of the same with roster editing as well, with roster uh, patches, because... Everyone would have their own approach to ratings. I tried to make mine as you know, as accurate as possible. And, of course, we had the tweaked ratings. Remember when we tried the tweaked ratings to try and overcome things like rebounding problems? And that, yeah. then it just kind of made things even worse, really. It's, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we got sliders because once sliders came along, pff, yeah, that was it for tweaked rosters and, and thank, you know, thankfully so because that was, <laughs> yeah, I did not like making the tweaked rosters at all. They were, um, 
it, it was just an added added step, and I don't think they ever really did as much good as we thought. That I think it was a bit of a placebo effect, but but certainly there, there's a big thing about sharing knowledge about rosters, and also the other thing with rosters was just flat out stealing them because there was so many times over the years people just took the NLC rosters and made a couple of trades or ratings edits and then put them out there. And I'm like, that's basically my roster. You've let me create all those players and make all those trades and all that movement, and you've just done this, and you haven't even said that you based it on my work, and that's why I was very <laughs> very resistant over the years as well, from my part, to, to let people use my rosters as a base, because a lot of people would just wouldn't give appropriate credit, and they, they'd get a lot yeah. or they'd get a lot of credit for uh, the, uh, 90% of the work that they didn't do, that it was me creating the missing players after the draft, and, oh, wasn't that fun creating 60 players every year <laughs> for, the, for the draftees. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I remember people... You know, would would ask me sometimes because you know you you ask first and say can I use it as a base and depending on the project I may say yes or give con- conditionally or whatever. But I remember people would say just after I released the roster can I use it as a base and like so you basically waited till I did all the hard work and now you want to use it. Like, <laughs> and it's like yeah. you know and, and I guess looking back was it necessarily community oriented? Did I want the credit? And yeah, and I, and I think to a certain, <laughs> I think to a certain extent though you put that much time and effort into any project. Someone comes along. Oh, can I just use that? I'm like, yeah. When 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 you when you ask just after I've released it, it's kind of like you were waiting for me to do the legwork. So yeah, <laughs> it's one thing if like they come through halfway through the season, like oh, you know, I've got all these big edits. Do you mind? I'll give you full credit. There were a couple of times I let people do that because I'd, I'd known them and I could felt I could trust them. Um, but again, it goes back to what we were saying that it's our, our policy has always been ask first and always give um, always ask for permission, always give credit where it's due. Um, and yes, people. I think people coming from other com- modding communities haven't always understood that because it's kind of isn't it about the collective? And yep. uh, it is, and and I think we do work better when we do share free resources and whatnot. But at the same time, somebody puts the hard work in there because we're not charging money for it or anything like that. Uh, it's credit is kind of the currency almost, I guess. It's a virtual currency, if you will, uh, <laughs> of, of credit to be able to say, okay this person did all this stuff and if you do a project, this person made the faces and this person did that and thank you for all these contributors or certainly or I use this person's work as a base and, and there were some people for their own reasons say, look, I just prefer not to do it and it was it was a respect thing basically and yeah. it's, it's something I guess it's been a bit hard to explain to people who've come from other communities where it's been, everything's been open source and I don't think that's a bad approach but, but certainly within our community there was so much problem with stolen work I think, especially in the early days that we kind of had to take a, a hard line stance to it. Yeah, well, I remember a few times, yeah, people tried stealing my work or using it in mods and stuff that they worked on with other people but didn't credit me for or even ask, you know, if they could use it. It's courtesy. So, yeah, and I admit, a lot of times I'd, I'd be pretty harsh on them, like, especially if they were already sort of crossed the line and then they, and then, mm. you know, I called them out for using my work and then trying to approach me and I said, no. Nah, you lost your chance basically with Same. doing that. Same. So, you know, there was, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of fun putting that hard stance and saying, no, you can't. It, it, now you cross the line. But it, yeah, it is funny how serious business it is for us. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> but I, I suppose unless you've actually been in the hobby, I guess it's just one of those things of any hobby that you, you don't really get it unless you've been in it and within that community. That, yeah. You know, every community has its own idiosyncrasies and etiquette and courtesy and, and sense of uh, what's right and wrong in that respect so and that, that's what that's what we had because i think we had so many problems with stolen work and uh i, I suppose the other thing that's brought us to is the whole uh, uh, issue with uh 
with paying for mods because as we said at the top of the show it's not something we allow in the community we have allowed ad links to a certain extent um touch on that in a moment as well uh but from a legal standpoint again we can't because you are then profiting off somebody else's intellectual property and likeness so the the other reason why i mean at the same time you could say to somebody well what about a uh, you know pay you to make a mod of my face for example you know i give you my likeness rights basically kind of thing (laughs) you know it's not an issue and we still say no exchanging direct payment for that if someone's got a tip jar or or an ad link fine um for now at least but the problem is if people start charging everyone's going to want to charge them there'll be nothing for free which I think is going to be a problem for our... It'll stifle the community. It'll stifle creativity. Not everyone's got that kind of disposable income. And then then you raise all these kinds of questions. If you're charging commands, okay, is there a standard rate? Uh, is it, is, are people free to charge, you know, buy their, you know, set their own rates? Is uh, How is it going to be handled? Do we, as the NLSC people providing a service, do we get a percentage of that? You know, much like eBay takes a fee. You know, do we get a percentage of... Uh, of of, serv- of that service fee for being able to set people up and be that place where f- work is hosted free of charge and you know do we take a cut especially if we're then asked to step in and uh, arbitrate any uh, complaints you know if, if people say well I wasn't I didn't get the work in time or I wasn't happy with the work or didn't get paid you know that if we have to then step in and uh, uh, deal with the issue of do we have to do that for free of charge in our time you know so it's kind of like there's so many issues that are raised on top, of, on top of it being illegal to profit off likenesses that we don't own, that it's it's just so much of a headache that we basically say no, and we we do allow ad links at the moment. Um, that that has become a problem, Ben. A lot of people now, and and this is again coming to our second PSA of uh, don't do this, and and preferably 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 use uh, uh, tip jars or. or or like PayPal tip jars and whatnot to uh, yeah. rather, rather than um, r- rather than ad links because that way people can just shoot you a couple of bucks if you know tip you if if, if you want um, probably probably make more than ad links anyway because a lot of those takes a lot of clicks to to get any money anyway um, but the thing that people are doing now then which is I want to really cut down on and we're probably gonna have to really start making rules about it is running people through multiple ad links. Oh. So you've got to run through one ad link and then another one and another one, then you got then it takes you to a YouTube video where it, you go to another ad link. And it's getting to the point where it's making people people are getting you know, very frustrated and a lot of these sites have got adware and such on them as well, so they're not particularly safe or they have adult content. So it is getting to the point where we might have to take a harder stance against the ad links, uh, at least until hey, they're uh, uh, safer. I think so too. Yeah, because nothing worse, you know, if you're trying to get a you know what could be a good patch and then five seconds later you find out that you got some nasty virus because of the the content that you had to go through to mm. bloody get get it so yeah i think i think that's definitely something that uh would need to look at and you know because then you know when does liability come into play in terms of you know we're responsible for you know yeah, the, the links are on our ex- site you know yeah um, and I'm more and more getting more, every day getting more and more reports of broken links because people aren't maintaining them. The whole reason we've got dedicated hosting people is so that we can offer hosting facilities, file hosting facilities, bring our download section. Um, I, I know there are other services that offer higher speed. Um, depending on how much money we make through ad revenue and whatnot and Patreon and what stuff, we, we may be able to upgrade to even better host, well, same host but even better plans and 
better tech uh, on our dedicated server in the future to offer faster speeds. Uh, but let me put it this way. When a file is missing, uh, you get a download speed of zero kilobytes per second, basically. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you rather have it quickly? Uh, would you have it, rather have it slow or not at all? <laughs> the file you're after. <laughs> um, so I really want to encourage people to use our hosting facilities because that's what they're there for. That's what we're paying for. That's why I'm financially liable for people um, to, to offer that service. And I understand people want to make the money, but I, I really do think that we really we need to curb the use of ad links. Uh, we, we did allow them... Uh, because actually, Leftos was using them. <laughs> actually, that's how we came to use them in our community. Uh, because we thought, well, if, our, some, if a member of staff is using them, we probably better let everyone else do it. But but it has gotten a bit out of control. So we do want to encourage people to use our hosting facilities, uh, use tip jars, and, and certainly if you're going to use an ad link, uh, make sure that wherever it's going is uh, hosted, uh, you know, a good hosting, that it's not going to be deleted and go missing after you know a month or so so that ending up with all these broken links and i have to delete in the uh got a big list of them ben that i have to clean out so more work for me that's that's why i'm pissed um <laughs> that's, that's why I'm t- that, that's so reminds me of like when spam bots used to attack the ea forums oh that was hours of work and it, it, like, yeah oh, it's yes spam bump like hundreds of 200 like within like a minute and it's like Oh, it was, and because you had to do it like, you had to go into each individual one, report it. Uh, you know why it was why you're reporting it, and then delete it and hide it. And it was like, yeah, and then it was just a pain in the ass. You'd spend hours, and it was just like, I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. Yeah, fortunately, we just delete the accounts now in the LLC forum. Just delete them with all the posts in one fell swoop, and it gets rid of them uh also another as a side psa here if you see what's an obviously a spam bot please don't respond to it because that just that does add more work when i need to clean it up manually so that's that's something you can help us out just uh report it if you wish but otherwise one of us will take care of it uh, as soon as possible but yeah i I do think ad links are something we're going to be a bit more vigilant about and definitely don't run people through multiple links because it's 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 not fair to people the files should be readily available yeah 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 Pretty pretty low act if you if you get them to do more than one, you know it's like you wonder why people will have it like ad blockers and all that stuff. So it's just yeah yeah, yeah. and of course you got to disable the ad blockers to get through the ad links as well. Otherwise, That's true. Otherwise it'll you get the disable ad block <laughs> pop up so you won't be able to you know. And of course the the adware and everything and the adult content and everything stuff that we don't want to link to from the NLC. You want to keep it uh, as family friendly as possible. And, and PG, whatever. So it's just something for our community to keep in mind. It's it's going to be something that I'll be discussing in the forum, and I'm sure I'll have articles and uh, bulletins in the forum and addressing it and, and discussing it with uh, with modders. Uh, but aside from that, we still do have a lot of great people in the modding community. As you can see, Fall Editions bulletins going up quite regularly on the main page with uh, people who are submitting their work to the to the site, putting it in the download section one way or the other, external link or uh, or upload. Uh, yeah, lots of cool stuff, and, and even I think with all of the, the updates we have been now for the new games, the official updates, uh, they'll add jerseys to the game and such. It's interesting that there's still that call for modding. You know, they, they, they can, there's so much that they can do post-release, but uh, but modding is not quite dead. And admittedly, a lot of it is extra stuff that they can't put in. You know, putting in a Charles Barkley, for example, into, into 2K, yeah. <laughs> and put, putting in content that they can't license, or doing something or a G League mod or NBL mod, like you say, college things like that. So. It's, which is obviously very cool, and that that's still happening. But interesting that there is a lot of uh, still call for it, and great for our community. 
But with that being said, I have noticed over the years that there are not a lot of shoe mods these days. No, there's... I think there's one or two in 2K. Um, but they are... I mean, with 2K, they are doing a pretty decent job with it. Uh, probably a few things they could probably be a little bit better in, in terms of it. But, yeah, that it's definitely... Definitely better than it was sort of early 90s, early 2000s and all that stuff. Or late 90s, early 2000s and all that stuff. Um, well, in the early... I mean, at one point, there wasn't really any branded shoes in the game. Yeah. So we had to put those in ourselves. But kind of at the mid-2000s, that started to change. But it, but even then, they, they weren't really adding anything new post-release where they do now. Mm. And I guess the detail wasn't quite there. The graphics couldn't allow it. I suppose, and now that there is such a wide variety of shoes, um, there is there is one for Two K Nineteen by uh, Sean Barkley, uh, Kixology. New version of that came out recently. Actually, uh, we'll definitely check that out in the in the forum. It's in the download section. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that and complete player updates. You remember around two thousand three, two thousand four, there'd be really oh you'd, you'd yeah the, the complete player updates. You'd they'd come with gear, their own custom gear and a shoe and a face yep. and, and and you could you could have one different hairstyle, one different color style and colorway of shoe for each type of jersey and practice uniform and custom art was deep. It was really yeah those, yeah. Oh three and oh four were really strong for custom art. We, oh, we... I, I, I love this. You know, especially the fact that you know that you could do the the, the home and away practice jerseys. That was that was awesome because it added that again that extra layer of depth and things like that to it. So yeah, I, I miss those days. So that for me, I think was in part part of the pinnacle, like in in the, in terms of things. So the things that we could do with the players aspect. But yeah, I think but, yeah, I agree. I think for that time period, that was definitely. That, that, yeah, I think Pinnacle Peak. That's that's definitely you know that was the tops. What we could do with custom art. Then we kind of lost that in two thousand five to eight. We had, it had other benefits that you didn't have to enable custom art. And yeah. Just pre- basically dump everything in the in the SGSM folder, so it was a lot better. That's actually something we need for two uh, K PC moving forward. Is a people have made a plugin that the, mm. uh, that you can, that actually simulates the whole idea of the custom art folder now, nice. which is. Uh, Basically, how they've been doing art updates for 2K, so you don't have to import into the uh, the, the archives, which is again very important. And what was so what was so great about the custom art system in Live, but yeah, we really need native support, a native support similar to custom art in 2K moving forward, because 2K is not too bad modding like these days. Um, if we could have uh, DBF files, if we could have database files uh, for <laughs> rosters, it would be even better. Um, so you could do all kinds of changes without having to. Uh, use uh, cheat engine and things that can get you banned online but <laughs> even though you're not actually cheating you're just using an offline roster but yeah um if we if, that would be great obviously but you know, it remains to be seen it's uh, 2k has never really been uh, that mod friendly compared to live i think um mm. at least, with, think, at least I, think, I think that's i think that's why i hadn't gotten into it as Same. much absolutely you know and you know, I was actually asked this question in this, this past week, and you know, by one of our community members, and that is like, you know, do I do I mod for TK? And I was like, yeah, I just by the time it's it started to happen, and the things that you could sort of do, it wasn't, you know, as easy or as you know, sim- not yeah, it wasn't as simple, and so it was more. A technical way of doing it it sounded messy from what i had heard early on and i was like it kind of probably 
put me off it in mm. in terms of because I was too focused on other things and didn't want to spend days or weeks learning how to do things and, and all that. You know, I was yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was starting to move away from the patching and modding stuff myself in some ways, but yeah. but yeah, it was just like you know, having to learn something new and. It seeming like it was a it was a pain in the ass. It was like ah, uh, don't really want to at this point. And so yeah, it was just and for what I do now in, in terms of work and that, it's pretty much doing what I was doing for live patching and that for the but in real life for now, real, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and making money yeah. from it. So yeah, yeah, it, it's it's kind of I've kind of moved past it in a ways, but. But it taught me a lot to be able to do what I do and, you know, to try and get the accuracy and the details and stuff and to be as, you know, as attentive to detail in, in you know, what goes where and, and and yeah, be more fiddly with, with the work that I do. So it, it, it did yeah. pay off in that sense. So, yeah. The, the discipline to take on yeah. a project as well. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you do, like, 600 jerseys. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know... With Red MC and Redditor, it, it has turned the 2K rosters basically into DBF editing, which is nice. Um, and it's, again, great that Vlad made those free of charge. You can get those in the download section, cheap plug, if you want to go back and mod those old games. Of course, uh, Red MC is for 13, uh, 2K13 and 2K14. Redditor 2 is for uh, 10, 11, and 12. 2K11, 2K12, uh, and 2K10. 2K10, 2K11, 2K12. Uh, those are free of charge, completely functional now. And that's been really good to... To really, uh, really, really fun to see how it's um, you know, get get back to that creative urge, I suppose. What I'm trying to say with the rosters and and do something a little bit different. And it's 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 funny comparing the two, the DBF editing to the uh, 2K roster editing because they are so similar with Red MC with Red Editor Two. Um, but there is one thing that I, I like a lot better about uh, 2K roster editing. If you when you're doing the the All Star teams, you don't yep. have to create second copies of the players. There's a overriding rotations. Uh, section of the roster and, and there's a tab it's called overriding rotations where you can just put in the player ID on the different yeah. teams and it'll assign that a player to the uh, to the all-star team so there's only one copy of them in the game but it then so then you edit them on their NBA team and it also updates on the all-star team as well whereas, oh, cool. whereas with NBA Live with the database with the DBF based rosters you have to create a second version of the player and assign them to the all-star team so sure. you have to duplicate that player um, I'd always be like, oh, I, I loved it when an All Star Weekend when it was basically the same roster as the year yeah. before. Because <laughs> I, I love I love perennial All Stars, man, um, because <laughs> you didn't have to create as many players even for, the, for the new year. Uh, it's fantastic, but yeah, two K is a lot better in that regard. But then NBA Live is a lot better with uh, with the face. Uh, the way it handles face files, because instead of just having the ID number for the face and you have got to look up who it is. It'll yep. have something like you know Kobe Bryant is, is K O B R Y A N, the way the player package values would work. So that that was handled a little bit better in live, and of course the way the custom art system works, you can have uh, it by the fact it was natively uh, supported. So, so there's pros and cons, but it's been interesting to see. There's a lot of similarities as well, especially once it comes down to being like a, a spreadsheet, which is like a data like a DBF file, like the roster files in uh, Red MC. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been fun to do. I definitely want to get that out as soon as I possibly can. Um, I do have other ideas that I, that I want to do for for live and two K. Just fiddle here and there because I, I do get the urge uh, to do it every now and again. It's just that again, uh, 
is, is setting the time apart for it between work and social life and other content that I'm, I'm doing for the NLSC now. Obviously, I do my three features a week, uh, Monday tip-off, uh, way back Wednesday, Friday 5, and then the podcast. And uh, it's kind of easy to get on, a lot easier then to get on and talk to you for an hour, an hour and a half than it is to create a roster, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier to create that kind of content. Um, but I, I definitely encourage everybody else in the community who wants to give it a go, and I'll continue to do it as you know whenever i get the time to do it but it's it's something because yeah as we've said it, it is a lot of fun to uh to do uh, if you had to choose some of your favorite mods that you've made uh oh, what do you reckon because you know you, you you mentioned i'll start out by mentioning because you said 2003 2004 uh my 1996 mod yeah uh, the roster mod for for night for Olympia live 2004 uh, i actually updated that last year as <laughs> i released a new version of that and the the great thing about doing a roster these days, Ben, is we've got basketballreference.com. Yep. Because uh, back in the day, I was making mods uh, using basketball cards from the 90s as, as reference points for stats <laughs> and ratings and player data and, and things like that, and old magazine listings for transactions, and, you know, that have, like, who got traded this month and things like that. And now you've just got the complete listings on Basketball Reference. Uh, making an accurate roster in 2019 uh, is a lot easier because the resources are there. It's much like getting Google Images for your art mods. It's true. It's, uh, or you, if you if you're lucky enough where you can actually get the vector files, <laughs> or the, all the vector files, or, or taking it out of another game and putting it in. Yep. Now that we've got that, and you know, taking stuff out of old games, bringing the new or new games into old. Either way, very cool. Uh, yeah, but we, ref, uh, possible reference and all those kinds of listings. Uh, you know, we had transaction listings back in the day, of course, but nothing like possible reference. I think I think that came up around about 2004, didn't it? I, reference. I think so. I was probably not more not as familiar with it until maybe '06. I think when I started to learn about it. Uh, but yeah, and, and sort of see what it was about. But yeah, it was. I, I, I've got almanacs and all kinds of things and encyclopedias because they used to put out the media guide every year with, with stuff like that, <laughs> uh, and that's how I would refer to it to make mods at least at the beginning of the year. And now all that information is very readily available online. The basketball reference being, you know, the definitive reference basically for NBA stuff. Um, you know, not that they need me to plug it, but certainly you know, credit words, <laughs> credit words due here, and you know, tip of the hat to basketball reference for everything it does for for modding games as well as following the real NBA. Uh, but but yeah, being able to redo that, not redo that mod, but spruce it up and update it and make sure that it was accurate as possible. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, was was a lot of fun basically, and to. Oh, yeah. uh, to do that and it's been fun to go back and polish up and do a like a, a director's cut so to speak of, of some of the mods from the old days and just do it as accurate as possible uh, when, when some of those resources weren't available true well for me i think some of my favorite ones that i've done uh i think the mbl mod was in part like because at the time i was working for the prison bullets so i had access to their logos and all the play files. <laughs> they look the best then, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> and, you know, growing up being a fan of them and, sure. and seeing, like, how the jerseys looked and all that stuff, I could replicate them as best I could. There was only one font from sort of one of the Leroy Loggins era's ones where I couldn't get the font exactly, so I tried replicating something or modifying it close enough. Um but yeah, for the, for the most part, I was getting pretty close, like even into like the older '80s ones and all that stuff. Uh, I think one of the sort of more unique things that I did um, was when you're like playing on 
like in the street and all the park aspect and then the um like play one on one and stuff like that or in the all star weekend with like the dunk uh dunk contests and stuff like that. The NPCs alongside, you know, I'd have them in all this custom gear and that and yeah, so I I I was the first one to do that. And I think that surprised a lot of people that it could be done and, and that. So I even got respect from my arch enemy at that, <laughs> at that yeah. point. Because <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think that was pretty cool to do. And that led to doing, like, All-Star Weekend mode where, you know, we kind of knew where a couple of All-Star games were going to be. So creating logos and all the jerseys and all the... Um, stadium art stuff, including like the animations in the in the electronics boards and all that stuff for the screens and that. You know, that was some really cool stuff to try and do. The scorecards for the dunk contest and yeah, so there was that kind of kind of thing that was really cool to do. There was one mode that we were uh, myself and I think it was a Canadian guy that did the courts. I can't remember his name now. Um, but yeah, we were going to try try and recreate Michael Jordan's house because he had the outdoor court at the time but he's converted indoor at that time and right, since, right. but yeah we we're going to try and have like the house and then the outdoor court and that was part of like whole Jordan mod kind of thing and that was going to be something really cool but at the time I hadn't really dabbled in, in 3D stuff so trying to figure out how to how we were going to mod that and actually create the house with it, with it really looking like a house I think was a little bit a little bit too far out of, out of my league at that point uh, I probably should have taken up 3D Max when I was at TAFE and that so but at that time I was just very new to computers in, in terms of you know really using them I mean I you know dabbled on them here and there but I never really you know especially going starting and doing graphics and stuff straight off the bat really of when you like picking like yeah really get hands on with the computer for the first time and that so it was that was definitely going from not just from zero to 100 but probably like zero to a thousand <laughs> right yeah so yeah it was, it was probably too big of a step for me at that time uh but I think I think now I could probably obviously doing some 3d stuff for construction projects and, and 3d 4d modeling and all that stuff I could probably Probably could have dabbled in it a little bit more now, and you know, like using SketchUp and Revit and a couple other programs and that. So, yeah, it, it would have been cool to try and still do. Um, I'm trying to think, was the uh, obviously the jersey aspect thing was was big for what I was doing, like just the amount that I was doing and because you you were doing, doing like packs what well, you did the Dorna packs by division i think from back in the yeah 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 were you doing the, the jerseys packs for divisions as well you and conrad uh that was kind of yeah i think i think it was or i i know i did them in packs and you know sometimes it'll have like eight jerseys or 10 12 jerseys in it it just depends on depending on how much of a role i went on and basically yeah, yeah, yeah. when i was on those like 18 hour like <laughs> Kick, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, it was it was whatever I just out at the time and what I was able to find asset wise that I needed and and then when I was happy with it, there was a few that I tweaked in that because I may have made a mistake and that can happen once you like 
working non-stop for like 18 hours and that so yeah you realize maybe like the next day or a couple of days later it's like uh, i could have probably fixed that or did a little bit better here or there or you know you might find a file like an image or something and go oh, okay that was a little bit different than what i thought mm. you know because the image that you may have may not have been good enough so but yeah it's, i mean I, I that was fun to do but I hated doing the numbers, especially in 07 and 08. I hated doing the numbers for that, so I just yeah, ignored it. Yeah. Uh, I've seen because I'm not a big Jersey guy, but I, I have looked at the files and the way they've done it from double zero to 99 instead yeah. of just zero to nine. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. But then, of course, 06 had the issue where the the big numbers or the little, the, was the little numbers weren't used, wasn't it? It was the big numbers were then resized for the front. I and think that, so, yeah. Because yeah. that became a problem with the Warriors' current jerseys when people made patches for that because they're two different colours, one on the front, on, That's on the right, back. That's right, yeah. So but even, yeah. even that actually happens in 2K today. Like, um, the the city one with the the tram on the back, the numbers are still yellow instead of blue on the back. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so it's it's still issues yeah. with the files. Interesting that that's... Uh, that's so the case, they've, yeah. they've got the similar issue there because I've noticed. I was like, "Hey, where's the actual number?" And it's like you can sort of see it, but yeah, wow, yeah, I, I didn't notice that. That's in two K, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I, have to, I have to check that in two K live. See if live's done. Because the other thing live had over the years, it's, it's still an issue on this generation, has been the kerning as well, especially yeah. for ele- number eleven. Yeah, that, that's yeah, been something. Sometimes there's yeah a bit bit too much spacing between it. Uh, yeah, so. That that was that was that was fine, and then yeah, just yeah, just the repetitiveness of trying to do all those numbers, and that was not fun. I know John didn't mind it because you know you're able to create individual jerseys for different players in terms of you know different textures for each jersey from zero to ninety nine. That was a good hack, yeah. Yeah, but the fact that especially with those seven oh eight, the jersey textures were like halved instead. Mm, as opposed to twelve, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, no, they went from five twelve to two fifty six. Oh, they went to two fifty. Oh, that's right, they did two fifty six. Yeah. that's right. Yeah, and in, you know, considering in oh six, we were actually able to go from, uh, we were actually able to go from five twelve to even like one thousand and twenty four. That's right. Yeah, I think we could have probably even done like two thousand and forty eight. To be honest, I was going to say I thought there were some four times jerseys out there. Yeah, I think we could have done it, I, but at the time. You know, some some of the art files weren't there, or you know, then but the texturing of the the trim and all that stuff for like the collars and that was a little bit too blurry. But and, and, then, and, and it also caused memory crashes, memory based right. crashes when it when you had too many. It, it uh, was it was, it was resolution more, files. It was more in oh seven and oh eight. Yeah. Like, oh, oh seven oh eight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh seven oh eight. You could you could do one team with a double texture, so it'd be five twelve. But the other teams, jersey texture had to be two fifty six because otherwise the game would crash and all that stuff. It was just unstable. But yeah, because like, there were also the half u- half resolution jerseys that were used for the All Star Weekend as well. Yeah, because they had all yeah. the different ones. And if you weren't using half res, you had to use like a crowd fix to get around it. Otherwise, the the rookie challenge game would crash because it was yeah. just loading too many different high res files. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was disappointing. Like yeah, it was. So for me, they and then the numbers like they had this weird black edge on it that was like just looked nasty, like a like a bad GIF kind of thing, and it mm. was like it really threw me off, and I didn't enjoy jersey patching as much for O seven and O eight in in terms compared to what we could do for O five or up until like 
2003 to 2006. So, yeah. Um, See, I had a roster editing for 07 and 08 because of the the fatigue issue. They took away the fatigue slider, so you had to modify the the fatigue ratings accordingly, which Uh, I absolutely hated doing that, and it screws with the overall ratings. People, why is this going? Because you got to drop their you got to drop their fatigue rating to 55 just so they'll sub out, basically. Um, So yeah, 07 and 08 were very sloppy products, sloppy games, unfortunately. As much as I patch them, but yeah, it's. Um, you, I you think know, you, too. I mean, like, sorry. Uh, I think too. Like, when Mark and I tried to do Dynasty, I think we were actually technically able to do what we were trying to do in 06, but in 07 we couldn't do it. Like, mm. yeah. So there was a few things that they did really change between 07 and 08, and it, it wasn't. Did, yeah. for, it wasn't for the best. There was apparently a Live 09 for PC, but it never got formally released. So if there's any way we could somehow get our hands on it, that would be just to sort of see, you know... If it's, what, anything, what they... like, if it's anything like the PS2 version port, if it's a port yeah. from the PS2 version, because uh, I, I do have the PS2 version of, of 09, and uh, yeah, that was that's a... That was an incredibly disappointing game. Actually, it's uh, yeah. for, for for some reason it launched with half the rookies in the free agent pool, and that no one, none of them have uh, portraits, um, wow. and, and a lot of the ratings haven't been updated. So yeah, that was a to, to call it an afterthought would be kind. Basically, O nine <laughs> PS two, which is funny because O nine on PS three and three sixty is probably one of their most solid efforts. Yeah. Um, I, I think at that point, I think even I think between O seven and O eight even the 09 i think they're outsourced to another company so yeah you know it wasn't actually ea i mean they probably obviously sent them some of the assets and stuff like that but yeah it was a different it was definitely a different company that was uh putting it together it's like blue point games you know doing a lot of the remasters and remakes for like shadow of the colossus and stuff like that so that that's how that worked and in terms of things so yeah i can't remember who did it um i can't remember the name either it's uh yeah I'm just, I'm just trying to find out but it was um it yeah it wasn't EA it was it was outsourced basically yeah, the PC yeah. the PC port um, and it's like Chrome Studios as well here in Australia you know that was working on like the PS2 versions and that of like Star Wars Force Unleashed one and two and and you know they did a couple of games for porting and all that stuff as well so that was how they made some money but got screwed also in the long run so yeah and you know you mentioned. Uh, going going back and fixing something when you get a new asset, it's uh, I, I was always bothered when I put out a roster and I had everything compiled and I put it up on the site and um, of course this is back when I was on slower connection so it took me a while to upload the larger files once I had yeah. all the big roster packs and everything um, and I'd find it oh I've missed a a, a coach hit. if someone there's a coaching change I've missed the the, the, the new coach face, I've left that out, so they're going to be missing it. <laughs> so I have to put out a hot fix just so in case anyone's downloaded it until I can repack it. Or yep. there was one where I put uh, Gordon Haywood's name is Gordon Haywood. And uh, <laughs> like, oh, I've got to go back and fix that. So, you know, there were things like that and having to do like a silent update basically in between versions to a fix, a fixed version of doing <laughs> yeah. it, um, which is always frustrating. But I mean, that's what updates are for. You know, you, you, yep. that's, why, that's, why, that's what version 1.1 is for basically with patching. Yeah. And, and to that end, you know, you talk about going back and doing that. One of my other favorite updates that I've done, favorite mods, is when I made the Hangar Court for NBA Live 08. Yep, um, yep. That, because I was really happy with how that turned out, basically, because that was my, my first forays into court modding, not something I'd really done, and it was past 
really obviously past NBA Live 08 being the pinnacle of uh, modding at the time. But uh, yeah, I, I made that and was really happy with it and made a few other practice court patches for it. But I actually am going to go back and fix it up because I, for some reason I've done the, the apron of that court. I've made it brown because I, I could, uh, have, could have sworn it was brown. And now that I've got a better TV and put pop NBA Live 10 in, I'm like, that's more black than anything. Why, why don't I make it brown? And it's... So, so I, I think I think it may have been like the CMYK factor because the normal black that you choose actually when you go from a CMYK to an RGB it actually looks more brown. Right, right. So I'm, I'm probably looking just from, be, yeah. uh, I think in that case, what you have to do, if I remember right, because I look, I was looking at a screenshot that I had for, um, I was looking at a screenshot that I, I'd got back at the time, and it does look brown. Yeah, and and because I, I would have been going through. How would I, I would have captured, I think, probably through RGB cables. Yep. So, yeah, that's probably what's what it's what it's done. I recorded it. I'm not. No, it's, it's on my old yeah, on my old DVD recorder basically, and I recorded it off. Yeah, instead of HDMI, it was through RGB. Um, and, and then when I went back and looked at it, I got a screenshot of it through off my capture card, my Elgato. I'm like, that's kind of black actually. No, it's, not yeah. brown. <laughs> it's not brown at all. And then I've. Because then when I recreated the Hangar 2.0 for the, the, the uh, custom court in NBA Live 19, which yeah. uh, was featured, I might just say, on the uh, <laughs> when, they, when they were doing the courts of the week, it was featured in one of the early weeks, which I was very chuffed about, even after all these years. Something like that's very cool to see. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go back and do that one, because that's just a recolor of the apron. Uh, but there, that's just something you can do. And apart from that, I was quite happy with how it all, how it all turned out. Um, and, of course, doing some other rosters, things like that. Still, still got some cool stuff planned. I really wanted to get it done this year, and and uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, to doing that. I'm just thinking of other. I mean, I've I've loved a lot of the rosters I've done over the year. The '96 season for 2001 and 2004, obviously, was were great. Um, oh, what else do I? And and certainly the hangar court and some of those logo patches because it was the first time I'd really gotten into uh, uh, art updates. And yep. it, I think I surprised everyone because like, you know, Andrew doesn't do art updates, and uh, then all of a sudden I, I did, I did some art updates, um, and it felt very satisfying to uh, to do that, having been a roster guy for so long. Um, yeah, I, I guess I've done a lot of them over the years, a lot of, uh, a lot of mods, and and certainly going back and doing the definitive Live '95 and Live '96 in recent years. I was very nostalgic to dust off the old tools, but it also reminded me of how difficult it was to to edit those games back in the day. And also the complete 2001 season update, which I also recently updated for uh, for Live 96 as well, for the 2001 season, because that was the one uh, I actually collaborated with someone whose name, you know, I, I apologize. I've credited you as whoever you are, basically, in the, in the uh, uh, readme file. But they went. They actually changed the logo files in '96 with the yep. EA graphics editor, and they changed even the the gold word art for bullets to wizards. So yep. it, it's and they've actually even imported some custom portraits as well. So Vince okay. Carter has a portrait, and, and Alan Iverson has a portrait, and Kobe has a portrait, I believe. Uh, so it's one of the most comprehensive updates ever done for an early game for a game that are, because a lot of those early roster updates didn't really have. Um, Art updates as well, and we've even changed. We've modified the colors of the jerseys because we didn't yep. have the detailed jersey files. You just had a palette file, so they've changed the colors around so that it's the up-to-date uh, colors for the jerseys. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of that update because it is was one of the most comprehensive. That because uh, back then a lot of the roster updates weren't complete. They were they didn't have the art updates as well. That was kind of something that came through in the early uh, early to mid 2000s. Yeah. So when we finally did that for '96, uh, yeah, I'm quite proud of that one as well. But it's 
and it's been fun and it is fun to dabble every so often it's just uh time consuming as we say yeah you know there's there's been times where it's like wouldn't mind but for me like all my files and that are on a dead hard drive and that mm. so it's like yeah. hard to go back and you know start from scratch it's like yeah you know this is not there anymore you know to to be able to do that just thinking uh what was some of the, your favorite patches that weren't made by you um that's a great question and i'm glad you brought that because I, I totally forgot to bring it up um <laughs> the temple by andreas Dahl. Yeah, that was one of my favourites as well. Because uh, I know that that's the mod that actually got uh, the really inspired John, just me. He yeah. was really inspired that, and, and rightfully so, because that was uh, an amazing recreation of uh, the temple from uh, 360 uh, version of Live 06. Live 06. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even just right down to the textures, the shape of the backboard. Um, yeah. Uh, Andreas was was a very you know good guy. Unfortunately, uh, there was had some family emergencies around that time, which is when he stepped down, and um, I know he lost his father around that time. It was... Uh, uh, very sad. Um, unfortunately, yeah, we haven't seen him around in the community. We'd love to have him, you know, be back and just drop by. It'd be great to say hi. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, he's uh, uh, hasn't been around. But he he was, he was a great modder back in the day. He made a lot of great shoes and jerseys and such. But that that court was was something special. Yeah, yeah, you know, that was like seeing the full potential, the things that we could do. Um, yeah, there was there was some some good ones. I think that was definitely one of them. I think the, you know, some of the so. street mods from like O three and O four. NBA just, Live Street two thousand three by yeah. uh, Repol and uh, Benji from dot org and a lot of the dot org people were involved with that one. Yeah, that, that was I think, really. That I, think was awesome, I, yeah. I think I helped bring some files into that as well. You know, especially with all the jewelry stuff that I had made. And, yep. You know, it was like, <clears throat> you know, when you. You create a watch from scratch in Photoshop, you know, yeah. do a few different versions of that. You know, that was pretty cool, and it was a pretty detailed watch. I still have the image of it somewhere. So yeah, Young MJ uh, with chains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was some good old days. And uh, what was, weren't we able to get, like, a Homer Simpson and things like that? Or, there there were know? a few. I remember, actually, I remember there was for Live 2000 and someone made a Darth Maul patch. Yeah. Because that was around... 2000 would have been uh, around about the time of uh, Phantom Menace, Phantom Menace yeah. yeah, year after that. So that was, I remember that was um, made. Uh, I NBL think there some Monsters, yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Jasmine, Big Hort, uh, P-Dub, uh, the uh, top Total Update project for NBA Live 07. That yep. was, and they basically redid all the artwork, all the menus, and the, the way they changed the logo, the team logos at the selection screen um, they actually did, instead of having individual logos, like, you know, you go for the Bulls, it's got all of the logos there, but it's got the Bulls logo highlighted. So it's as you move through it, it's as if it's highlighting different ones. So that was yep, a really yep. cool effect they did with all the different versions of the... That's right. Like, like a logo select, like a team select screen. So that was, that was a really yep, cool yep. way of doing that. Because um, often when, I do, when I've updated the rosters in recent years, or I say recent years, the last one was 2013, I basically, when I made a roster, when I made a logo... I tried to imitate the default style instead yep. of doing something new. Whereas they actually, basically, it was a total update. It was a renovation of, of that top. Um, oh, well, there was another project um, that kind of followed on from that a couple of years later. It was, um, or was that was that top? No, sorry, that wasn't um, that wasn't John. Top was the one that came after that, the total update project. Yeah. I think um, Conrad so, some on that. some supreme update mod, supreme yep. update mod. 
Sorry, sorry, John, if you're listening, I completely spaced on that. Supreme up, some some seven, Supreme update, Moto seven, and it was a Supreme update, absolutely. And then the total update kind of followed on from that a few years later. Top ten, top. That's why I was thinking top ten because it was somebody. Else, it was the other crew that made that. Um, NBA Live Street was really cool, and and I think the other thing that uh, that I know both John and Pat did a lot of stuff with the animations, and John even found that the animation file from the March Madness games on PS2 has had the same file format. So he was able to take animations out of the uh, AI Act file for March Madness and put them into live. Um, I mean, that that's really cool stuff that we found out. Well, when I say we, he found out how to do that. I mean, that was that's why you know what I was talking about before about being able to take assets out of one game and taking animations out of the file and putting it into another one. Uh, <laughs> that's and, and it, yeah, it really just changed. Uh, you know, talk about changing the game because I think I feel a lot of time when we're modding. It sometimes feels like we're just reskinning the game, which yeah. not, not not to sell it short because that's still you know we just update the rosters and no just update the rosters and just reskin the game. We do some awesome stuff doing that, but some of the people have been able to modify the XE files to even I think somebody even fixed the blocking in 2K13. Oh, I wow. think there's a hack out there because you can't block dunks in NBA 2K13. That's you, right, I remember that. But yeah, some, was... somebody's made a modified XE file that's uh, fixed that. I believe I believe that's out there somewhere. So nice. that's the kind of, I think, moving forward, that kind of modding stuff is maybe, you know, and tighter jerseys. I know uh, Michael, uh, I forget his, his name, but he's done a lot of work with that, making tighter jersey files and, and different jersey animations and things like that. And, yeah, that, that kind of stuff, I think, is really some of the most advanced stuff we've done. And, and of course, as far as reskinning goes, yeah, I go back to what Andreas did with uh, with, with the Temple. It's um, just some amazing stuff. Uh, any others that come to your mind? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, trying to remember now. It's not that I can think of the top of my head, but yeah, I think I think we covered a lot of those ones and that. A lot, lot of awesome mods that have come out over the years, you know. That, yeah, um, and it's all inspiring and uh, continues to do some great work. TG so good. I mean, he has, has also been very. Uh, instrumental in getting a lot of the uh, uh, resources out there, a lot of the, a lot of the tutorials in recent years, and that's that's been great as well. People, even if they're not making a lot of mods, but showing people how to do it. You know, going back to what we said before, sharing that knowledge. Uh, De Crispy, uh, younger younger mod who's uh, been doing some great stuff for 2K11 in recent years, and did a G League mod and a, uh, like a college hoops mod, basically where it's generic players so that it basically never goes out of date. Um, that's that's a really cool idea as well. He's been doing some stuff and has contributed some things for the 2K11 uh, roster as well. Oh, that's logos. right. We did have a college mod for uh, or an NCAA mod for live as well. We've had some really good ones uh, for, yeah. for live in 2K over the years. The, the college chips mod and uh, and John, of course, John's made a lot of street mods as well, mm. which are, which are really cool. And the midnight ballers, things like that. Um, just I think those are things as well that I miss those concept mods. Because I, I remember way back getting Lutz's rosters, because it all goes back to Tim and Lutz making the roster updates for Live 95, 96, and 97, and 98. Actually, yeah, Lutz was doing it for a long time, actually, but, <laughs> but those, you know, those early ones for 95 and 96. And, and, they, and the 95 roster pack, which is still available in the download section, if you've got DOSBox and uh, 95 PC, definitely check it out. Um, uh, for well, if you haven't upgraded your PC in so many years. If you're still, <laughs> if you're still running that 486, uh, yeah, uh, you know... You, 
and listening and listening to this on Internet Explorer Five or whatever. So, <laughs> oh, you'll be listening on your phone, I suppose. And but uh, yeah, certainly if you want to go back and check that, if nothing else, check out the XE file for his readme file because he's you know a funny guy. <laughs> That's really worth checking out for that, if, if nothing else. But there's also things like silly rosters where he's got like Beavis and Butthead in there, and he's got, <laughs> and he's on on the Chicago team. He's got because uh, it, it, it's it's changed it's the Chicago whatever I forget what it is, uh, yep. but and he's got the uh, um, the Bundys. From Married with Children, they're oh, they're there on the Chicago team, and Beavis and Butthead, and he's got the like politicians in Washington, and uh, you know the Washington team. He's got all kinds of the silly rosters are very funny, basically. And, and we we kind of went away from that over the years, I suppose, because it, you then had to make faces for them, so it was a bit harder to do. Whereas back you'd have you could it's easier just to make custom plays with the faces because even even the original plays in those games used the same faces that were put together for, for created players, so it was yeah. kind of, you didn't have the individual face files. Uh, yeah, so so that kind of stuff we haven't seen, but as much of it in uh, subsequent years, and certainly once we got the face textures, that made there's a lot more work to go into a silly roster, basically, or, or a wacky roster like that. Uh, actually, one idea I had for a, a roster then was um, called it was going to be Tep that the that's entertainment patch. It was, <laughs> was going to be uh, yeah, basically like uh, the the Milwaukee team was going to be replaced uh, by. The the cast from that '70s show because that takes place in Wisconsin and like uh, one of the, there was going to be the team from the Ma- from Mash or like basically it's going to be made up of TV characters. Yep, yep. and um, uh, that's really cool. And but yeah, it never really got off the ground. I made a quick concept of it and uh, yes, yeah, so, so things like that are harder to make these days. But I, I do like the idea of them because uh, and they come down to those things like like you say once we've played the hell out of the games and done all the other you know, proper roster updates and everything, just what can you do to make the game fun and extend it between the months between the next one comes out? And you look at something like the Ultimate Base roster, and, and you know obviously uh, uh, UR Basketball has done it in recent years as well, but for 2K12, when the Ultimate Base roster came out by Hawk23, uh, there were people who, on console saying, you know, we've got to get a P- the PC version when it comes on sale so we can check out these rosters. And you know it caused a lot of traffic to the NLC back in the day. You know, yeah. They released the ultimate base roster, and when Hawk put the you know some of the really first deep versions of that out, so the, the way and with all those retro rosters, that's that's how you can really extend the lifetime of the game. Absolutely, and then and to that end, you know, in recent years for two K, the ultimate base roster, and and subsequently UR basketball as well, just been so important and so beloved and uh, popular uh, in keeping those games alive, and it's it's really been cool to see. Oh yeah, for sure. It'd be interesting, you know, if we had the ability, like with social media we do today, in terms of back then, you know, how easy it'd be to promote it and get get it out, like a name out there, in terms of things, you know, and bring in the people who may never have known, you know, the site exists, especially you know with a hashtag, you know, they they could sort of see it and they could, you know. Like, you know, especially you say like NBA Live or NBA 2K and that, and then they can see some of these these mods and stuff that we do, and it might intrigue them. And that well, well, the one I'm I'd suggest in that, and I've used it in a couple of posts before, is hashtag Renovate the Hardwood. Yeah. Which well, I I just meant like how how, how different it'd been like if we had those kind of things back, you know, sort of early 2000s and all that. Oh, stuff. oh yeah, yeah, it just would have been interesting to sort of see. Uh, the potential interest from people outside the community, you know, they stumbled across it and all that and how much new interest we could have gotten in those times compared to today and that sort of thing. So 
Yeah, it would have been it would have been cool to sort of see if that kind of stuff was around back then when we started doing that stuff. But when it, when it felt more niche, I guess when they yeah really yeah. found clickish and niche. Very yeah. much so. <laughs> so as as we wrap up, the the modding community is still going strong. It's great to see. We've thrown out some ideas for uh, avoiding the ad links and things like that, and. You know, we definitely encourage anybody to give it a go. It is something that you do need to have a bit of computer savvy to do. Um, to, I, the way I, the phrase I usually put is, if you if you struggle to find files or create folders on a hard drive, um, you need to brush up on your computer skills before, before you try modding because you definitely need to be have intermediate skills. I think for computing, basically, you need to be able to be able to have the, not just the creativity but the the skills with computers and the ability to work through problems, a bit of problem solving as well. Uh, you can't just click buttons and spit out a patch. If it was that easy to make a face, then would there be no reason for face patches, face mods, basically, <laughs> for, for the community? You know, 2K and Live would just be able to spit them out that easily if it was that easy to do. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, what advice would you give to uh, the young modders of today or certainly people who are looking to get into modding? Okay, so first off, start off small, try a few different things and or techniques, you know, just sort of see what works best. Uh, engage your community feedback, you know. We were pretty much polite and, you know, gave honest feedback and what could be improved on or maybe some give it helps in, you know, have you tried this using this technique to, to do this as such. So, you know, there's there's sort of ways of doing that. Uh Knowing where to get some your resources and stuff like that uh, for the assets, you know, whether it be good places to find high-res photos of players or of jerseys and stuff like that, so that way you can get the minute details, where to get logos, word marks, um, or, you know, if you're doing shoes, sites that would, you know, have the, the six angles that you need. And again, you know, that's why I stress Zappos back in the day and even today, you know, because it, it had the right angles that you needed. So it made the job a lot easier. Uh, don't overcommit to, to too much stuff. Like, it, it can be easy. Like, I know it happened to me a few times. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help with this. And you're just too busy with other things. Mm-hmm. And like, even today, like, yeah, it's just it's just too much on to to really do. So that'll be that'll be one thing is just just pace yourself with it and uh, d- yeah. don't don't announce something that you can't don't yeah. don't, don't bite off more because I, I know this I also speak from experience when I agree with this. Uh, yeah, don't announce anything that you can't really follow through on. It's it's you, you want to get the excitement going for it, unfortunately, you know, and so it's understandable. But yeah. then you then you end up making promises you can't keep and. I mean, it's not a product you're selling or anything. You're not taking anyone's money, or you shouldn't be. So, you know, it's not no. not as bad in that respect. But yeah, like you say, don't overcommit. Yeah, and you know, don't let it consume you. Like like you just said, you know, it's 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 not a job, so you're not really making money from it. So don't let it. Uh, yeah, don't don't let it be like eighteen hour sessions, like what we used to do yeah. back in the day. So yeah. that that would be my advice. Um, yeah, just 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 patience with it. Uh, you know, first patch you're going to look at. You know, you look back at after a year or two, and you go, "Oh man, what was I thinking?" But you know, it, it's a starting point, and you got to start somewhere. And yeah, find find things that you'd like to try and do. Uh, I, I agree. And as that first patch, try get what you. I think what you need to do first is get the skills and or know how to do it. Know how to manipulate. Learn. 
basically getting the process of extracting a file, manipulating it, and getting it back in the game. Like yep. making, being able to make the change first of all, and then focus on getting better. Like you know, f- first first get the skills, and then the uh, then the quality comes. To, to use a basketball metaphor, you need to learn how to uh, handle a ball without looking at it and to make good crisp passes before you start doing fancy crossovers and behind-the-back passes, basically. The fundamentals yeah. <laughs> before yeah. fundamentals before fancy, basically. Yeah, you know, and I suppose one other thing, too, is, like, don't steal other people's work. That's, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you could you can ask, you know, if you respect someone's work, you know, approach them, ask, you know, when you created this file, how did you go about it? You know, what, what was your techniques in, in this certain area? Like, whether it be a blending thing or, uh, you know, a, a placement or something like that in it, you know, and, you know, what was the right, what was the scale method that you went by in terms of, you know, like, with say, with, like, Jersey word marks and stuff like that, you know, how big was too big or how little, what, what made you decide to go with that scale? Uh yeah, things like that. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and enjoy it, but yeah, don't don't let it overconsume you. I think is probably the main thing I can I can take. Um, and yeah, just 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 grow from the experience. From it. So yeah, you'll, you'll be amazed at where you can probably go with it within a year or two. I mean, and certainly, it's it's led to people getting jobs at EA and Two K as well. Yeah, so it can even be a foot in the door of. Uh, and just as making custom rosters or anything else, like uh, uh, you know, Stauffer, Mike Stauffer, he's there doing uh, the rosters there at 2K now from making custom rosters for years and, and all the work that John did with the community work and left us with his tools. You know, basically, and, and before all that, Tim, with all the tools and uh, patches he made and going to EA back in the day for yeah. like 2001 to 2007, uh, to 07. Yeah, so it it can take you places, you know, within your career. If not that, it's I guess you've got a portfolio of things you've done. <laughs> you yeah. know, you can you can show if you're going into some kind of IT related field, it's definitely worth doing. Uh, definitely want to, yeah, co-sign all that uh, advice. Um, and, and certainly, I think yeah, starting small, uh, picking what you want to do because a lot of people will just come to the forum and say, "Hey, teach me how to mod." Mm. Um, I think you've got to be specific and say, "What are you interested in? What can you do? You know, what what kind of computer level of computer skill do you have?" Uh, have an idea of where you want to start. Like I said, you want to try a face first. You want to try your hand. But you always try your hand at everything. But you know, uh, how do you mod is a very broad question. So you've kind of got to yeah. say, okay, I want to start with this, and then you know, how, how, how do I create a jersey? In, yeah. in paint, and it's like, no, don't use paint. You well, you, 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 you use Paint.net, which is the free uh, alternative to uh, PaintShop, of course. But uh, uh, yes, Microsoft Paint, uh, perhaps not the best <laughs> tool to, to use uh, these days or back then. Um, yeah, so definitely ask questions uh, for the older modders in our community. Remember that we're all new once, so you know, be, uh, be patient with people and, and certainly be free with your uh, advice and uh, your guidance. And for everyone in the community, uh, be constructive with your feedback. Obviously, um, be persistent uh, because you know, as as you said, Ben, you know, the, it's a very rare person who's going to do great work straight away um, yep. and be able to get it to work straight away. Um, be willing to troubleshoot and, and just be um, persist through problems and uh, trial and error. Basically, be, be willing to, to engage in all that. That's a big part of modding. That if it you know if you at first you don't succeed, uh, bang your head on the keyboard and try again. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that happens a lot with modding. <laughs> it's to steal a line from Lutz there. And yeah, like, like you said, Ben, just just have fun with it and uh, and 
make it a hobby certainly don't try and make it a living you know i mean you can maybe parlay it into a career if you with the skills you learn but but certainly don't uh and don't shoot for fame you know we're all in this together basically as a community to of uh gamers and modders sharing our resources uh so don't, don't do it for points or uh or, or fame or try to hoard anything over the community that that uh that attitude never really goes down well. I don't think you can make a lot of friends. <laughs> You'll probably alienate more people. Um, <laughs> d- don't give your mods stupidly fancy names that promise uh, technology that doesn't exist. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I think you covered it, Ben, basically. And uh, yeah, just just have fun with it and be willing to contribute to our community. And, and I think it's, it'll be, uh, you know, we'll continue to do great things moving forward. You know, like... I joked and sort of talked about how, you know, there was some rivalry in that between us, you know, it can be a fun rivalry, you know, you try and, you know, once your skills develop and, you know, people, you know, people and develop friendships with some of those people and that, you know, yeah, you have the fun rivalry and seeing if you can do something that they can't do and all that stuff and that makes your work a little bit more unique and, you know, it's like, like, like where I stayed with us, you know, trying to get that shiny polyester, which I think I was one of the first to really try and achieve that, and then doing the sweat stuff. Uh, yeah, so I think I think things like that can be fun later down the track. But yeah, you gotta you gotta crawl before you can walk in that sort of sense. Absolutely. Uh, one thing too, like I, I sort of want to state in regards to this, the opportunities that you know I've gone through. You know the LSC and fourth quarter and and all that stuff is I actually gotten to meet a few people around the community and like in real because there was you know there's a few of us from Brisbane and there's also Mark from New Zealand who's come over a couple of times and we've caught up so you know that's and yeah like I said nearly got to meet the chance to meet Mickey who's from the Philippines and that so you never know and you know we've both of us have been fortunate enough and a couple other of us have been fortunate enough to to go to EA into the studios and a couple of us have been fortunate enough to get jobs at either EA or 2K. So yeah, yeah there's, there's lots of things that could eventuate from it. Uh, and obviously there's a big focus on YouTubers now and that kind yeah. of content, which, which is understandable because obviously a lot of people are doing great video content and such these days. And it's something we've doubled with as well. And we have the podcast too, but, uh, but yeah, the uh, modding certainly shows that dedication and interest in the game and a technical know-how and, uh, a, uh, a willingness to make the game as good as, as you possibly can to create content for the game, like rosters and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, it can open up all kinds of opportunities. So, yeah, I, I agree. Get, give it a go, you know. And Maybe one thing that can sort of separate ourselves from, like, the typical YouTube content creators is, you know, we could stream ourselves creating the patches and then testing them out in game and that so that could be john, one john actually did that john john you can go back to john's youtube channel and see some of that actually some of the ah, his okay. uh, creative, the creative process yeah okay so, so. Uh, but yeah also you know if you're starting out do watch some of those tutorial videos john put a lot of work in them and you know they were very handy you know and some of the other guys put in some other tutorial stuff uh a good clear one thing i forgot to mention was a good clear preview file you know that's not a mess in in terms of direction you know oh, yeah. you want a good clear step by step uh keep keep the language simple so because remember you got different people from different languages so uh that length the language barrier element can be um can be difficult for those who may not have a, a clear understanding especially if you have written it in in english as such so uh 
yeah, things like that go a long way. Keeping the file format simple and clear, you know, if you've renamed things and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, so those, those would be some other tips I, I, I'd give in those circumstances as well. And uh, don't ask for money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Above all. And uh, for more more resources for our community, you can check our modding community, you can check out the various tutorials section in the forum and a lot of uh, video tutorials as well. And of course the modding sections, we're open to uh, not just releasing and previewing work, but also asking for help as well. So that has brought us to the end of this discussion on modding. Always fun to talk about, Ben, one of our favorite hobbies within the, I guess a sub-hobby within the hobby of basketball gaming, a big part of what we do here at the NLSC. Yeah, you know, and you know, it'd be one. It'd be great to see both games on PC. You know, just to really bring the site alive and see the types of things that, you know, if there was a, like, I suppose competition. You know, that sort of who could do the sort of more crazy and more in-depth mods and all that sort of stuff. So, between the two games, and that that'd be a really fun thing to see that potentially see down the tracks one day. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And, and you know, we've never actually had. I mean, I guess we people were still updating Live 08 and, and such when 2K9 came out, but because we've never had both games on PC at the same time, there's never really been that... The the modding has never really been part of that rivalry between yeah. Live and 2K. So that'll be very interesting if you know if it ever does come back to PC, and again, we certainly hope that someday that it could, and you know we'll, we'll, be, we'll try and be the first to report it if it ever does. Uh, so we'll certainly be on that story very quickly if it happens. <laughs> uh, There'll be maybe some... Uh... Bottles popped. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, there'll be another uh, another episode where we may share a drink or two to <laughs> to, uh, to celebrate that one. And uh, and certainly, as far as we're aware, Two uh, K will continue to come out on PC as well, and the modding will continue. Uh, for all the modding, once again, check out the uh, download section in the forum and the modding subsections and the tutorial subsections for all the help for the modding. And yeah, just get involved, and we'll certainly probably touch on the subject again, and I'll have a few mods. So. Stay tuned. Let's see what I can do this year for uh, for mods. But uh, but yes, that has brought us to the end. Uh, let us know what you think of modding, whether you've enjoyed uh, using mods over the years, whether it's made you pick up the PC version, perhaps. A lot of people, as I said, Ben, 2K12 came out and, with uh, UBR, and people did jump, make the jump to PC to check <laughs> see what it was all about, which is really cool. Or your experiences you know, trying your hand at modding. If you've got some funny stories, or if you've got some fond uh, memories of modding the games, let us know. And of course, you can do that in the comments section and in the NLSC forum. If you enjoyed this week's show, and we certainly hope you do, we encourage you to listen each and every week. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, or find us on various podcasting apps, including Stitcher and Podcast Addict, or keep streaming on the NLSC itself. As we always say, as long as you're tuning in and enjoying the show, that is the main thing. We also invite you to connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are the NLSC. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. On YouTube, we are NBA Live Series Center. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games, modding or otherwise. But yes, that will do it for episode number 287 of the NLSC podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. I'm Mark Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>